here. I like that. So, if you've been with us this semester, you know we're going through parables. Um, and you know that I'm not normally the guy who stands up here. Um, I'm John. I'm the intern for RUF. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Um, that's Justin. He normally preaches. He's the one with the seminary degree. So that's why my sermon's going to be like 15 minutes shorter than his. I think that's what they teach you at seminary, is like how to add 15 minutes to your sermon. Um, I just can't read as deep, apparently. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture for us. Um, at least the portion of Mark, we'll stick with that for now. So Mark 4, 3 to 20, it should be on your handout or up here. Follow with me. Um, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. This is Jesus talking, by the way. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and hundredfold. Let me pray for us tonight. Dear Lord, thank you for these people that you have brought here um, and for your word you've given us. Um, and that you have made it where we can understand it, God. Um, and just be with us as we look at this passage. Um, please work through me and allow me to stay faithful to your truth. Um, and so let's have a great night and be engaged. In your name I pray, amen. So I want to start with a question, if you just listen to that <coughs> passage. I want to know, how does it make you feel that Jesus says, there are some who will hear but not understand. And for a lot of you, that might pop off the page. It did for me. Um, didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, and I read it and I thought, why would you, God, tell Christians to tell people about you if there's like no guarantee that something's going to happen? It sounds like a waste of time or something. Aren't you in control of everything for a reason? Like, what's up with all this power you have? You're not going to use it. Um, I see an example of this confusion in uh, my cat. Um, you can see many things through a cat. Um, so Mary and I got a kitten this summer. Its name is Russie, short for Russell Westbrook. 
It's incredibly cute, except it's also incredibly selfish and annoying. Um, when we pick up her food bowl to feed her, she starts like running around and immediately knows what's going on and she'll follow me to the closet where the bag of food is and then she'll immediately, as soon as I get the food out, she runs to where I'm going to take it and is just waiting. Um, but this is almost like if I were to go pick up the food bowl, she's excited and I just go open the closet door, like lean in, I can get food and then go over and sit down and it's empty. She'd be really confused and really upset and sad. She'd probably just like look at me and then look at it and back and forth and then just walk away disappointed. Um, that's kind of like how I feel reading this. It's almost like, God, like you have the power. Like I know there's food in that closet. Why are you not feeding me? Like why aren't you doing something about this? So understand why Jesus would seemingly confuse us like this. Let's look at the passage a little closer. If I can get this mic to stay. Um, Jesus' parable here is a couple constants. Um, there's always a sower, right? Do you notice that? In every situation, he goes through four different situations of sowing seed, and in each one, there is a sower, and in each one, there is seed, but there's one thing that changes every time. The variable is the soil, right? So, obviously, our primary focus should be on the soil, because that's the thing that's changing and causing a different result every time. Y'all are in college. Y'all can follow these difficult equations. Um, so there's four different types of soil in the text. So let's or go through the different soils. Um, there's the path, the rocky ground, the thorns, and the good soil. So verse 15, um, following on your sheet, it's uh, the path. And it says, <clears throat> these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So with this one, Actually, let me first back up. Do, do you all know what the, the sower and the seed is? Jesus said it right before in verse, I guess, 14. The sower sows the word. So the sower is spreading the word out to different people in these different soils. For instance, I need to make that clear before I went on. You should really go to South Noble for a, a field trip. The sower's right there. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I could go to South Noble for a field trip. We'll do that afterwards, all right? Let's hold off for like 15 minutes. Um, and so on the path, Satan immediately intervenes and takes the word away so that some won't hear. That's the first one on the path. So the second one, verse 16, the rocky ground. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. So they've received it with joy. They have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, they fall away immediately. So it says they have no root. <clears throat> it even says these people immediately receive it with joy. They are claiming they are now Christian or have had a change of heart. They've heard about Christianity, but it's basically like a flavor of the month or flavor of the year even. Um, it's like a phase. Um, so some examples <clears throat> that I thought of this would be maybe that some could fall away at the first sight of persecution. As Jesus says, maybe they got to college, many of you, many of you are freshmen, and you heard an atheist professor maybe talk about how everything is relative and there is no truth. And maybe someone heard that and they just went, oh, this guy's right. I was wrong all along. Like, let me ditch this. Um, or maybe someone is in a, a guy's in a fraternity or a girl in a sorority and they get 
like made fun of because they don't want to get drunk or they don't want to go on Sundays to, or they want to go and wake up early to go to church on Sundays and don't want to stay up partying all day Saturday. And people are like, that's weird. Why are you doing that? And everyone around them, they're like, yeah, that is weird. You're right. And they just immediately change over. Um, pretty drastic examples. Um, or someone might not be mature enough in their faith to survive where they, where they left, where they heard it. Um, what I mean by that is if you've ever heard of like a camp high, like a Christian camp high, um, <clears throat> oftentimes people go to summer camp, a Christian summer camp, and or a Christian conference, and they come back really fired up by their faith. I mean, it happens to Christians too. I mean, you'll get, just you've heard a lot of things in maybe a week, and you, you might be really emotional and excited, uh, but some people go to that and be like, oh, my life's completely changed. I've heard about Jesus. And... They're really fired up by their faith or some kind of social justice. And then like a month later, they're back to living their normal life. And this whole like Jesus, God, Bible thing didn't really change anything. So you see they heard, but it didn't take root. It was more of an emotional response. It didn't take root like the rocky path. Another relevant example I'm going to go with here is for those of you who will hopefully graduate college, um, the few of you who will someday graduate Many of you go to RUF every now and then, but maybe you don't attend church, or maybe you go to RUF sometimes, you go to church sometimes, but you're just kind of doing your thing. Um, I know I got to college and thought, well, like, I'm in this college town for four years, like, away from home, like, sure, I'll, like, go to church sometimes, but, like, getting involved in church, like, I'm only here for four years, this is temporary, what's the point? Um, It'll be very easy to just go to RUF or another campus ministry or something throughout college and not really get involved in a local church. Um, which I get that that's the easy thing. It makes sense almost. Um, but the danger that could happen from this is in the text. Um, remember, I want you to, I'm going to talk about something that I've actually, I feel like I talked to a lot of people this week about it. I'm just really excited about it. Um, not really kind of sad about it. But if you haven't noticed, RUF is mainly for college students, right? OU is for college students, right? You're with me here. You're all college students. You understand. So RUF is a college ministry for college students, and we have sermons that are geared more towards college students, and we have events that are geared towards college students that they would think fun or think, think are fun, like skiing. Hopefully y'all think it's fun. I saw some of you raise your hand, so you didn't, but whatever. You're not a college student. Um, and you go, you're surrounded by other college students who have college-y type things on their minds and have similar, like, maybe viewpoints or views on life, and everyone's similar, and everything's about you. And throughout your time at OU or RUF, everything is aimed at pleasing you, the college student. And then one terrifying day, you're going to graduate college, and you're going to move to a city to get a job or something like that. And there's not going to be RUF or OU anymore. You're just kind of on your own in this world. And um, some of you, I'm not saying like this happened to all of you. Like this will for sure happen, like trying to scare you into something. Um, but for some of you, you're going to just go to RUF sometimes and maybe not be in a church. And you're going to go out to a new city and you're going to go to a church, and there's going to be, like, smelly old people and, like, babies spitting up every five minutes. And you're like, oh, this isn't, like, what the Jesus I remember. Um, it's not going to be a church directly aimed at, like, 22 and 23-year-olds. 
or like recently graduated college students only, welcome to this church. Um, you're going to be a city where like your only public connection to Christianity is going to be the church. And it's going to be a really messy church. It's going to be frustrating sometimes and not a place where every guy or girl that walks into the room is a dating opportunity. <clears throat> a place where people are going to think differently than you. A place where they're a place where they're going to have to figure out who's volunteering at the nursery that Sunday. Um, and, you know, many of you, some of you, are going to walk into this, um, and you're going to say, you know, I just don't feel Jesus the way I used to when I was at college. I'm not relating to any of these people or these sermons. They don't feel like they're, like, for me. The Spirit must just not be at work or something like he was in college. Maybe I'm just not a Christian. Um, and many times people will fall away like that because they don't have, again, we're talking about the roots not taking place. Um, like the seed that fell on rocky ground and didn't take real roots, you'll immediately fall away from God. Um, again, this could happen. Examples here. Um, so verse 18, <clears throat> the seeds that fell among the thorns. The others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So we're going to do some more college math here. All right. So people say, have you heard the phrase, time is money? Right? Some nods. All right. So what does this mean? This means that, in my interpretation at least, maybe I'm completely wrong, maybe I've missed something that time is <clears throat> really important and there's like a finite amount of it that you have. So you're like hoarding your time and your money. Um, people also say where you spend your time and money is where your heart lies. Um, so let's add these things together. So you only have a limited amount of time. It's really important. And wherever you spend this limited amount of time shows what you care about, right? So plenty of you are way too busy to even be alive right now, like to be breathing or to be like eating without an IV. I think some of you have an IV in your dorm. And you just go back and hook it in. You'll get all the time for this. Um, see, he's already he's got his mark. Um, you don't have time to eat. I have no idea how some of you like sleep more than three hours a night. Maybe that is what you do. I don't know how you're alive either. Um, what sleep? Um, now while being busy and productive. These are good things. You only have a limited amount of time. <clears throat> Jesus says that those sown amongst the thorns will be distracted, since they don't have time or energy to focus on this whole Jesus thing. He says they'll get caught up with cares, money, and he says other things. Um, so you guys know cares and money, and <clears throat> some examples of other things might be, um, that might be relative to you. Maybe you can relate. Um, some of you are so focused on like your GPA and not getting B's that you can't accept a world in which you have a 3.4 GPA. You think like if this world exists where I get a B on a test, there must not be a God. Um, you're so fixed on this. And others of you, I'm not that one. I'm this one. This one's me. Uh, you so much rather than like, even like being around people, you're like, I'd just rather be like vegging out at home like on Netflix or Spotify or Facebook or sports or video games. Uh, you still have time for Jesus. And like the mentality that at least I use here, maybe some of you can relate. You uh, get home and you go, you know, I've been working really hard today. I've been busy. I deserve an hour of Netflix, right? 
this is good for my productivity because I need rest in order to work, right? Um, six hours later, you're like, is that sandwich I ate earlier? Was that for lunch or dinner? Um, you convince yourself that all this like downtime, like Netflix time, is necessary so they're able to be rested for your busy time. So you don't have time for Jesus either. When you really have a lot of time, you're like, oh, I have to rest so I can work well. You don't have time for Jesus. <clears throat> and some of you are so focused on like uh, having a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, ring by spring is what they say, right? Um, for the ladies, at least. Um, you're so consumed by the idea of having someone else in your life who like accept you and love you. Um, and you think that'll make all the pain or loneliness go away. It doesn't, first. I'll just say that. Um, but, sorry. I'm happy in my marriage, trust me. <laughs> I am. It doesn't solve all your problems, though. Whoa. So, I don't want y'all to think any of these things are inherently bad things, like getting grades and doing well in school. It's good, like being productive and having rest, like rest is good, rest is a good thing. Uh, having a significant other is, for like 99% of you, is gonna be a really good thing and it's gonna happen eventually. Um, and it's gonna be really good for you, you were made for that. Um, but we, <clears throat> our problem lies in the obsession of these things and how we get distracted with them. We've taken these good things and made them evil. God has like given these blessings and these good things and we have turned them to bad things. And this is a problem. I mean, whether even like, you know, Christians struggle with this, I don't know. Um, and non-Christians and people like what Jesus is talking about here, people who basically get distracted um, by things and they <clears throat> don't receive the word. Um, so, <clears throat> They've heard Jesus is good, but they've never stopped to meditate on what that really means for their life. People like that. Um, I say people like that. I mean all of you and me. Um, so now let's move on to verse 20. The good soil. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So with verse 20 in the good soil, we'll see three things. We see three, three things that happen. Um, what are they? Let's use our college skills. Um, we see that we hear the word, accept the word, and bear fruit. So that's the difference here of like this good soil compared to all these other things. These are the three things that are going to happen. So this is what the Christian's life will entail, hearing, accepting, and bearing fruit. The good soil that is here, it takes root in the ground. This, the seed takes root in the ground through the good soil. So it can never be killed by thorns or taken up by birds like the others. <clears throat> and it'll eventually bear fruit. And Jesus talks about this again, again in John 10, 28. I think it's the next slide. Can you go over one slide? Uh, yeah. Um, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Um, just another example of like what the good soil looks like, what the... Um, hearing, receiving, and bearing fruit. I mean, we even have the, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. <clears throat> so we've gone through. We've looked at different soils, right? You guys follow with me. 
And we've seen what kinds of different maybe fruit that might come or lack of fruit, I guess. Uh, But now I want to talk about verse 12 um, before we finish up, which is um, verse 12. Yeah, it's a... So Jesus says... I'll start in verse 11. He said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for the outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So do you see those like little quotes? I'm sure it's on your sheet. I don't know. There's little quotes right there in verse 12. They may indeed. Um, that's a reference to Isaiah 6, which if we go forward to slides. Ooh. Um... I'm going to read this to you because what happened there was Jesus referenced Isaiah. And when he referenced it to the people he was talking to, they knew exactly what he was quoting. Like they understood the reference. And many of us might not immediately get that. Um, so I had Isaiah 6, 8 to 13. I'll explain it afterwards a little bit. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again." Like a ter- terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled, the holy seed is its stump. So Jesus was like quoting, referencing this in verse twelve. And so what's happening right here in Isaiah six? Um, God is asking for someone to go and tell these people about Him, and Isaiah, like a good Christian, is gonna do what God says, and he's like, God, I'll go tell them. Pick me. I'll do this. Um, and what did you see God says there? He says, all right, yeah, yeah, you can go, um, but they're never going to listen to you. Like, go and tell them, but, like, nothing's going to happen. Um, that's kind of uh, not cool, right? It's kind of rattling or upsetting. Um, he even says they've listened, like, before, like, they've heard. He says they'll continue not hearing, and they'll still refuse, but I want you to go and tell them anyways, all right? Now, I'm sure at this point, Isaiah... I was pretty confused, like, Rusty, my cat, and, like, what, like, what's the deal, God? You have the power to do something here. Um, he was probably not as cute as my cat, though, when he was confused. Um, he's probably pretty confused and sad that he had agreed to go on this insane journey, and he asked God, okay, God, I'll do this, but so how long am I going to go? Like, how long do I have to go here and do this? And the Lord's like, oh, okay, uh, until the cities lie waste without inhabitant, and the houses without people, and the land's a desolate waste. So, basically, go tell these people who, oh, by the way, they're never going to listen to you. Like, nothing's going to happen. Uh, tell, me about, tell them about me until, like, they're all dead or moved on. This sounds crazy, but this is what Jesus is referencing after he tells the parable. Isaiah 6 is saying something very similar to what the parable says. You're to go out and tell people, even the ones who will not hear, and I know they won't hear, but go do it anyway. <clears throat> This goes back to our question at the beginning, right? So could I, could, or, you know, a few things that maybe like, maybe God's idea here is maybe if you just keep telling them like one day, eventually they'll believe, like just keep telling them and like we'll hope for the best. 
Um, I don't think that's the case. Um, in Isaiah, he knows, obviously, he knows. He's like, no, they're not going to believe. He knows what's going on. I imagine God is one of the greatest farmers or sowers of all time, so he kind of knows how the deal is, how it works. He probably knows better <clears throat> than to try to grow plants on paths and rocks. Seems kind of obvious, Mr. Sower. Um, or maybe, maybe God's like, this is just really good for training his people. Like, this is going to be a good training exercise 